People are the worst, aren't they? Like, they're inconsiderate, careless. Like, they're in their own worlds. They're only out for themselves. But then, we realize that we are people. And that maybe there's others who think and feel the same way about us. See, there's obviously something wrong with humanity. So is there an alternative than just like complaining about it and trying to get through it? Well, Jesus said there was. So let's talk about it together. Humanity seems utterly and hopelessly broken, doesn't it? And then when we realize that that's in us too, we do so many things to try to fix it, whether it's you know self-help books, so many, podcasts, getting more education, finding the right relationships. Now there's anything wrong with those things, but it seems like we always need more. They never seem to fully get us there where we wanna be. See, from the beginning, Christians have always seen the solution to this in God and who he is, in what we call the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God in three persons, all equally God, all fully God, together in a perfect, loving relationship. And what we see in the biblical writings is that this triune God has eternally lived in a perfect, harmonious, what we'll call dance with himself, with each other, which means there's never been a moment where God was alone or lacking or incomplete. All three persons have always enjoyed and shared a creative, good, beautiful, full life of love. And then triune God creates the world for a new type of being, humans. And so question, why? Why did God create humans? So he would have something to rule over? So he could be God over something? Well, he was already God from eternity past. Uh, was it because, you know, he was lacking and lonely and needed somebody to worship him? No, he wasn't lacking. We just talked about it. See, humanity was created to join and enjoy the eternal dance of God. But, this is the answer to why everything's messed up, we broke that connection by trying to find joy and meaning outside of that dance. And we've been trying to fix ourselves and get back to our place in that dance ever since. So is it possible to get back to that dance? Yes. But we need a new start, a new start that can only come from God, that can only come from a personal, like the, the personal life-giving presence of God, the Holy Spirit. See, the only way to fix humanity is for humans to be reborn by the Holy Spirit. And so the question is, how? After these last few episodes, the question probably is, how do, does someone get the Holy Spirit. How does someone get this whole thing to start of being the temple of the Holy Spirit and that type of thing? Well, in one of the most famous stories of Jesus's life, he really explains all of it. So Jesus has just turned water into wine. He's kind of starting his ministry. He chases, chases off the, the money changers, chases them out of the temple, and he gets the attention of the Jewish, Jewish religious leaders. And a representative from their group comes to talk to Jesus to kind of see what he's all about. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. So Nicodemus is one of the most educated men of his time. He had all the Torah memorized and the interpretations of what they meant. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, as we'll see later in the story in John, which means he's a member of the ruling council of the Jewish nation. He's respected. When Nicodemus speaks, people 
listen. He's basically what every Jewish mother hoped her son would grow up to be. And so he comes and sees Jesus. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. It kind of seems like Nicodemus is buttering Jesus up a bit, right? Because he's saying, if you read earlier, when he chases the money changers out of the temple, the leaders are like, who gives you the authority? Who do you think you are? And so he's kind of saying, look, we can't really acknowledge you publicly because, you know, that would look bad. But some of us are whispering some things about, like, maybe you are something. So it's kind of like these backroom political maneuverings going on. Nicodemus is saying, you have this following. Obviously, there's something about you. I think... We can help each other. Like, let's play ball together in this type of thing. Jesus, as always, is not interested in their politics. And so he completely ignores Nicodemus' buttering up. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And you're like, what? That's out out of nowhere. But he's saying, Nicodemus, like, you want all this politics? You want to know what I'm about? Here. You, Nicodemus, can't see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Meaning, Nicodemus, you can't re-enter the dance. You can't live in harmony with your true king. You can't be who you were created to be, fully human, unless, he says, you are born again. And the word born again in, in, the, in your scripture, if you're reading along with us, might have a little asterisk. And then you look down, it says, also means from above. And so this word of born again and from above, it's, it's one word with two meanings. Kind of like we have the word cool, right? Hey, let's, let's cool, cool off the soup. Or, hey, you're really cool. Or sick, like, oh, I'm so sick. Or, man, that was so sick, right? Same idea. And so Jesus probably chose this word because of both meanings, born again and born from above. So whatever being born again or born again from above, whatever that means obviously cannot mean becoming more religious, right? Because there's nobody more religious than Nicodemus. Nicodemus wasn't a bad guy. He had passion for knowing about God. He had the entire Old Testament memorized and he taught it to others. But he didn't have what he actually needed to rejoin the dance. And so Jesus says, Nicodemus, you need a new beginning not trying harder, not knowing more. You need a new source of life from above. Being born again has nothing to do with being religious. And so Nicodemus kind of is like, oh, born from above. No, I'm going to take born again. Like, what do you mean born again? What do you mean? Nick exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He's like being sarcastic. He's like, listen here, Sonny. Like, what? I didn't even come to talk about that. This is nonsense. What are you What are you talking about? He See, he could only think in physical terms. He thought if you were a Jew and you followed the Torah, then you were part of God's people. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, this whole thing, why I'm here, I'm talking about something so much deeper. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Water and Spirit. Probably talking about physical birth and spiritual birth. You need to have both. But I think he's also alluding to the promises God had given the Jewish people hundreds of years earlier. When he was describing when he would come and restore 
our dance. You see, what Jesus is doing, he's alluding to the scriptures that Nicodemus had dedicated his life to. He's saying, like, you need to be reborn with new water and new spirit, like the, like the prophet Isaiah prophesied. For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields, and I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. See, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, remember what Isaiah said, that he's going to pour out new water, he's going to pour out the Holy Spirit? What you need is, is new, fresh water that brings new life to you, just like new water brings new life to the grass. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit will bring new life to God's people. And he's also talking about Ezekiel. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. See, Jesus is saying your stony heart needs new life. You need the Holy Spirit to experience the life of God. We need a new source of life. And Nicodemus is probably thinking, because he's a great thinker, like you all, he's saying, like, like many of us are probably thinking, like, but how does that happen? Like, what are the steps to being born again by the Spirit? How does it actually work? So don't be surprised when I say you, and it's plural there, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. He has this play on words because he's talking about the wind, which in Greek is the word pneuma, which is also the same word for spirit, pneuma. And he's saying this change, this being born of the Holy Spirit, reborn, it's real. It actually happens now. But how is a mystery. We cannot understand our way to true rebirth. And he says, you, you see the wind, you, you feel it, you hear it, you feel its effects, but you can't weigh it, you can't measure it, and you definitely can't control it. It's a mystery. It happens, but you can't chart it out, right? And Nicodemus, being the scholar he is, is really not a fan of mystery. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Basically, he's in a long way saying, huh? What do you mean, wind and pneuma and what? Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? He's saying, look, man, like you are a respected teacher. You're, this is the basic day of the Lord, ruach of God stuff that is, that is throughout the scriptures you have memorized. And I've tried to help you understand, but honestly... You don't need to understand more. You don't need more understanding. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you don't, you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? He's saying, like, look, you you call me teacher. Great, thanks, thanks for the compliment. But I'm more than you think I am. I'm not here just to teach about God and and give you more understanding. Like all that knowledge you've spent your life collecting hasn't changed your heart. It hasn't restored you to God. You don't need more understanding and you definitely don't need more religion. You need new life from above. Your heart is dead, Nicodemus. Sin has paralyzed it. It doesn't work properly. It can't love and trust and enjoy God the way it was designed to. 
you have been separated from the dance and you can't get back in. You don't need more knowledge. What you need is a savior. Humanity doesn't need a plan. We need a savior. And so again, he tries to use Nicodemus's previous knowledge about scripture. Again, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the son of man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And he alludes to this interesting story in the, in the Exodus narrative when the Israelites leave Egypt and these poisonous snakes come. The Israelites had complained against God again and these snakes come and start biting people and people are getting sick and they're starting to die. So God tells Moses to make a snake out of bronze and lift it up on a pole and whoever looks at it will be saved from the poisonous snakes. And Jesus is saying it's the same way. You look you believe and you are healed. Does that story make any logical sense at all? No, not really. And Jesus says, this is going to be the same. This idea of being reborn by the Holy Spirit will be the same. I will be lifted up. Can you imagine, can you think of a time when Jesus was lifted up for everyone to look at? He says, I will be lifted up and all who look at me and believe, trust, will be saved. Re, they will be reborn. And will, be, will you be able to chart it and graph it? No. And that's because it's not a formula. It's a dance. It's a relationship. It's love. And then Jesus says his most famous line. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. And Jesus is saying, I'm here, Nicodemus. Like, I am now here because God loves you. I have come to make it possible for you to rejoin the dance you were created for. You just have to choose to believe. Not choose to completely understand everything, but choose to believe. Despite your doubts, despite that cynicism that likes to creep in, take however much trust you have and put it not in what you can do, but put it in me. And then the Holy Spirit will come like the wind. And you will see the effects. You will feel its effects as he begins remaking you into the tr true human you were born to be from the inside out. I mean, it's so simple. It, it seems ludicrous, doesn't it? Like believe and then somehow we get changed. And how it works, it's a mystery. It, it seems ludicrous. But let me ask you a question. How are you born the first time? I mean, you might understand the biology and the scientific mechanics of where babies come from and how they form in the womb, that type of stuff. But can you really explain where your actual life came from? And did you have anything to do with getting born in the first place? No. And so all you can do, as Tim Mackey says, is recognize and accept that someone labored and worked on your behalf to bring you life. And all you can do is look at your mother and say, thank you. Thank you for what you went through for me. It's the same with being born again from above. All that's left for us to do is look at God and say, thank you, and then start living the new life we have been given. Paul kind of explains it in the book of Titus. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But... When God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. 
He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. So the main point is this. Somehow, the Holy Spirit turns our hearing into believing and our believing into rebirth. See, someone hears the message of Jesus, that God loved us so much that he came to live for and die for you. And somehow, the Holy Spirit works with our willingness to believe and somehow takes that belief, that trust, and washes us and gives us Jesus's perfect humanity. And then he comes and lives inside of us, empowering us, guiding us, and comforting us. Humanity is broken. There's so much that's dead about us. You've experienced it. And I think you know that more knowledge won't fix it. More laws won't fix it. Better, better government won't fix it. And more religion won't fix it. And we can try really hard to be great people and, and do even do our best to follow Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We can do everything we can to clean ourselves up and even go through all the motions of Christianity and still not be reborn and still not experience life in the eternal dance of God. If we try to do all those things, all we will do is end up exhausted and overwhelmed by the guilt that we can't actually do it. See, we don't need more strategies. We don't need more knowledge. We don't need more systems and methods and books. We need a savior. We need to be reborn from above. And when we choose to accept that Jesus is that savior, and we choose just to say, thank you, the Holy Spirit takes that little bit of faith and washes us washes us from who we were, washes away our sins of trying to find life apart from God, and he comes and he lives in us, giving us new life now and forever, bringing us into the dance we were created to enjoy. And from what I've seen, just as the wind affects every tree differently in different seasons of the tree, right, with leaves and whatnot, the rebirth of the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. For some, it's like this dramatic gust of a hurricane change in their life. For others, it's this steady breeze of continual growth and change. But they all have one thing in common, new life, where they are changed from the inside out. And so the question I have to ask you is this, have you been reborn? Has there been a moment in your life where you have chosen, purposely chosen to say, Despite my doubts, I trust you, Jesus, to save me. I trust you to bring me back to the relationship I was created for. Holy Spirit, come into my life and make me new. If not, and you are ready, now's your time. If you feel that, that tug and that, that want to have this, that's the Holy Spirit fluttering, awakening, softening your heart. If you want that rebirth, all you have to say is yes, and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And let the Holy Spirit take what you've heard and turn it into belief, and then use that belief to make you new. So whether it's the first time you've done that, or you, maybe you've been living a reborn life, let's dwell on this reality this week by reading what I read, Titus 3, 3 through 7. Let's read that together this week. And then pray. After we read that, pray. Show me my steps in your eternal dance. Lord, show me my steps 
in your eternal dance. Think about it. When a car's engine block is cracked, right, what do you do? You just drive it harder, you just put more gas in it, or, or change the oil, or I don't know, let's, let's paint it, or give it new tires, rotate the tires, or you just ignore it and keep driving. Or do you make sure you memorize the owner's manual so you know how the car works? No, what do you need? You need a new engine. And see, we can do all the things for ourselves and self-help and cleaning up and all that we want, but it will not change who we truly are. The only thing that can do that is being born again from above by the Holy Spirit, being given a new heart. And this rebirth gives us a whole new life where we can enjoy the eternal, perfect dance of God daily, now. And so, if you're a Jesus follower, get on the dance floor. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and, and try out some new steps. And maybe, for the first time, you're hearing his invitation. You're feeling that, that tugging. You're, you're hearing his whisper, may I have this dance? It might be time to say yes. Because all we have to do is say yes, and the Holy Spirit begins the rest. Thank you for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We meet regularly on Sundays at 4.30 p.m. Uh, at 525 Adela Drive. You're welcome to join us in person to hear messages like this in real life with real people in real community. We have snacks afterwards, there's stuff for kids, we sing a few songs, and we take communion. Not in that order. Don't forget to check out our website for more information. You can also join a small group if you're interested in diving deeper into community. There's information about that on our website as well. We have a Youth Connect that middle school and high school students are invited to. Those are on the first and the third Sundays of the month. So our next meeting is coming up in a little bit. Keep an eye on the calendar and the website and social media for information about that. Thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on the podcast, engaging with us on social media, and emailing us if you have any questions. Uh, don't forget, if you have any questions particular to this study, uh, we are welcoming those. Info at yourcrosscreek.com. And we look forward to having a conversation with you and meeting you in person. See you Sunday.